0: Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks post-game podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in. I'm Jay Zawoski with Mario Tirabassi. Greg Boyson will join us shortly from the very empty United Center. <laughs> this was not a hot ticket. Let me tell you, I was the there for the first two periods. And uh, the Native American Heritage Night stuff was really cool, and it's a shame that so few people were there to see it. But uh, Hawks lose 3-1 to to the Islanders in one of the least interesting hockey games Oof. I've seen in my whole life. And, you know, credit to the Islanders. They've got a great penalty kill, uh, but they play a boring-ass brand of hockey. Yep. I keep a little game log uh, in my Apple notes here on my Mac and the only notes I have for the second period are the times of the two power plays. Yeah. Like, there was just felt nothing that way. happening.
1: Yeah, it was, I, I mean, just someone before this season said about the Blackhawks, well, they're not going to be good, but at least they'll be high event. And I wish that was the case tonight because it <sighs> no. was tough to, to to watch this game and just watch how the Islanders just can suffocate you into boredom. And and the Blackhawks, granted they're not the most high flying offensive team. No, but they have some guys that can create some <laughs> yeah. some sort of I mean some sort of excitement. And uh, yeah, none of it was yes. had tonight.
0: I mean, things picked up in the uh, in the second and third. So with about twelve minutes left in the second, the Hawks had a total of six shots on goal. They ended the they ended the game with twenty two. So the last, you know, period yeah. and a half, they picked things up a little bit. There was a little bit more going on, but there were still like a lot of like one and done opportunities and not a lot of high danger stuff. It was just a really tough game to watch. And for the twelve thousand plus that were there at the United <laughs> Center, um, it was just kind of a kind of a sucky game, and you could see why tickets were nine dollars on game time uh, ahead of the game today, <laughs> because we were talking yeah. before he we went on the air. There's not really anyone on the Islanders who draws in fans. Like, yeah, like you know, Anders Lee is a nice player, and and Matthew Barzal, and they've got good players, but no one that people are going to go out of their way to watch. Like we said, they play a real boring brand of hockey, and it was just, uh, it was a very Islanders kind of game. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, the biggest thing yeah. to, to come out of this game is the first three minutes where. Uh, Casey Zizekas runs over Alex Stalock, gets a game mis- misconduct and is tossed from the game, uh, and Alex Stalock is out of the game with, uh, with, with an injury, and in com- comes Arvid Soderblom. Um, it's just an unfortunate situation for, for Staylock. I don't think, on, on the broadcast, Troy Murray was very adamant about Zizekas intentionally going through Staylock. I don't think he had the intention of running through Stalock, but I think he didn't make the extra effort to not. Avoid, yeah, he did not avoid avoid it. him. So, and when the referees yeah.
0: review the play, and then they're like, "Oh, it's not just five. Right, you're also yeah. gone for the game." It looked bad. Like, so Greg and I were talking because on the heels of the Max Domi, Patrick Kane thing from the last game, mm-hmm. there was no reaction to Alex Stalock getting run, and right, yeah, I sort of thought. And we mentioned this last game when you were you know doing your post game stuff. Sometimes when a teammate is injured and it looks really bad, you're so freaked out that you kind of forget to react that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have been the situation with this one. Is clearly Stalock was down. He was not yeah. really moving. Right. He at one point he did like kick his right leg up a little bit and then started to stand up. But there was a lot of concern from not just the Blackhawks but the Islanders we're in there too. Like, Oh God, mm-hmm. is he okay? Yeah. Cause
1: it was it, where the, the point of contact kind of came through him was obviously on, you know, his head, but also was like in his like collarbone yeah. neck area. Just like, ugh, it was a, it, w- it was a scary hit. And yeah, he did take some time to, to get back to his feet. So I, I could totally see why, you know, the, the initial like, Hey, don't run my goalie. I'm going to jump you. Uh, mentality really wasn't there because it was like, Hey, uh, you know, my teammate is kind of down in a bad way. Um, so I, so I can understand that. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, I think for the entirety of the game, at least for the first period, I would have thought there would have been a little bit more, uh, of a jump from the Blackhawks trying to respond to that. And it just, I don't know if it wasn't, if it was just that the Islanders just did a good job of negating any kind of offensive push that they tried to get. Yeah. Or if the Blackhawks just didn't have the, like, oomph to really get behind it offensively tonight. But it was just something wasn't there. Just something wasn't clicking enough. And like you said, yeah, a lot of, like, here's our rush. Here's our opportunity. All right, that was it. Like, just didn't really seem like a yeah. lot of sustained offense. No tonight.
0: doubt. And I think sometimes you see when a team gets a 5 a five in a power play, they don't show a lot of urgency. They know they've got time. They want to sort of – we see this sometimes with a five-on-three. Where on a five on three, you're kind of going for that one shot. Yeah. Like you're setting up for that great opportunity. I think sometimes you'll see a team, you know, with a five minute power play say, we've got all the time in the world. If we can get a goal here, that's a win. Mm -hmm. And there was not a lot of urgency on that five minute power play either, granted. And it's true, the Islanders have the league's best penalty kill. They have, like, going into the game, they had like, a 96% yeah, penalty kill rate. They,
1: they said on the broadcast, I, I caught it, it was, like, 29 of, of 30 penalty kills. Yeah, Penalties and the Hawks killed. got
0: a power play goal tonight on the Islanders, which is uh, we'll get to that as we go on here through the scoring. But credit the Islanders, they play that suffocating style, especially on the road where there's mm-hmm. no pressure for them to put on any kind of show. Right. And you know, you you talk about wanting to take advantage and play with some fire after the injury. Well, that lackluster penalty kill. Dale Tellen used to say this all the time. The, like, if you kill that five minute power play, that is a huge momentum huge turn. Boost, a yeah. huge moment. And and Quenville used to say that about a five on three. Whoever wins the five on three is going to win the game. Well, right?
1: and, we, and we saw that a few a few games ago where uh, the Blackhawks had you know, a five on three to kill. They had the, you know, the extended five on fours. And, and it was just, they had six penalties to kill in one period and they killed them all. And they got a standing ovation after the, after the yeah. period was over. So Huge. killing those penalties is a big boost, no matter if you're the home or the road team. So, yeah, it,
0: it, it certainly picked up the Islanders yeah. and uh, they never really put their foot off the gas in this one. Mm-hmm. Um You know, it, like I said, it was such a low event game. There's not a lot of individual moments that stood out. I think I will say this is Philip Bruce's second NHL game today, right? Third? No, second he's third. played
1: at least three. I think it's three. This three. might have been his fourth. I'll, I'll, well, I'll double check.
0: Whatever number it was, uh-huh. it was, to me, his least impressive performance. There was a neutral zone turnover. There was a defensive zone turnover. Um, a couple times where he was sort of hung out to dry where some of the forwards left his own a little bit early, and I'm sure that is one of the criticisms criticisms we'll hear from Luke Richardson after the game was as things were going on and as the team was getting frustrated, they kind of lost their structure a little bit trying to create some offense. So Roos was hung out to dry a few times. Also, though, to his credit, had a couple good looks. think he hit the post one time, sent a shot just high. He's He's got a knack for getting a puck through traffic. So... As we get into what they're going to do with defense probably today and probably more so tomorrow with Seth Jones out with Alec Regula up, uh, Philip Roos will be front and center in that conversation. I-, I do want to point out one
1: guy in a positive way. Six six games for Roos.
0: Really? Yeah.
2: He's played I mean, six this, of the ten games? I mean, this was,
1: this was the tenth game. He flip-flopped with, with Caleb the first few games and then – Seth went down and, and he's I been in so. a few. I can't so. it
0: doesn't feel like that many. Wow. Yeah. Um
1: anyway, the one guy I wanted to
0: spotlight was Andreas Tatanasiu. And we've had some laughs at his expense because he's not the greatest finisher in the world. But when you want to talk about a guy who's had impactful moments in every single Blackhawks game this season. It's Andreas Athanasiu. He is making yeah. things happen. He is attacking. He got a, a, a goaltender interference penalty of his own for <laughs> crashing the net hard. No, again, nothing intentional, mm-hmm. but he's going hard at the net. I think he deserves a little bit more credit than he's gotten so far. Um, I really like what he's brought to the team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we, you know, in the last few games, we've seen what he can do when he's able to finish those chances that he creates. Yeah. But, but that's that hasn't been the consistent part of his game the consistent part of his game is just creating those chances and his speed individually is able to create those chances just by able being able to get behind the defense being able to 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 spring a breakout um you know he he has that innate ability and that speed too along with you know his line mates of of Kane and Domi that can open up the ice for them as well and and i think we're we're av- Eventually, going to see that come to fruition because, you know, as as he continues to create these chances off, off of rush chances, um, off of breakouts, off of beating guys uh, to 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 pucks that are dumped dumped in, uh, in into the Blackhawks' offensive zone, th- that space is going to start opening for guys like Patrick Kane, especially, uh, and Max Domi as well. And and yeah, I, I think a who is. You know, he's 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 great to talk to. He seems like he's pretty readily available to the, to the media, which is great. Um, you know, he's got a he's got a good influence on on the team uh, so far in his short time in Chicago. And, and yeah, his his speed is is such a difference maker. And it's something that the Blackhawks don't usually ha- haven't haven't seen consistently on their rosters over the last few years. Um, a guy that he gets compared to a lot is Victor Stahlberg. Yeah. But I think even, he's even better than him. Even more than that. Yeah. Even yeah. more than that. He's he's got a little bit more uh, to his game than Stahlberg did where he was just kind of just like, I'm just gonna <clears throat> straight line go for it. Athanasius see, seems like he's got a little bit more of a complete game to him, but the speed is still the big thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, Nate had a comment that a has to stay out of the box. That's absolutely true. Yeah. He also needs yeah. to stop pitching at the refs. He does that all the time.
1: Yeah. Uh, Troy Murray was just like, our uh, Vosser said, um, uh, teams, teams penalty leader, Andres Athanasiu And I was like, well, he did get a 10 minute for yeah. barking at the ref. That really wasn't a penalty leader call, but, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I think if, if he's able, he's, Obviously, way more valuable uh, on the ice than in the
0: box. Yeah, sure. a couple other chats I want to get to real quick. We got a two dollars super chat from Windy City Hockey. Thank you for that. Hockey He says, "Sazikas dropped his shoulder to drive into stay lock. Yeah, I think that's what the referee saw. That's why he got the uh, the game misconduct. I uh, wonder if there will be a suspension coming for that. Probably not, but but perhaps. Yeah, uh, one here from Sam where he says, "If Connor Murphy was a free agent, would ever anyone give him four years at four and a half million per?" Yes. There would be teams lining up to pay in that. I, there is a weird, um, not so not so weird as the Seth Jones haters, but a, a weird conglomerate of Hawks fans that don't see the things that Connor Murphy does on a night-to-night basis. Um, he is now with with Jones out. He is going to be drawing the top matchups. Mm-hmm. He plays physically. He blocks shots. He is basically and some publication did this a couple of years ago, he is basically a Nicholas Jalmerson. They're basically the same exact player. And I know that's, that's sacrilegious to say um, because of everything Nicholas Jalmerson accomplished here, but defensively, they're very, very similar. And if you want to call Connor Murphy the poor man's Nicholas Jalmerson, that's fine. I think that's fair. But Connor Murphy is a top-four defenseman on any team in the NHL, I think. And uh, and he plays his ass off. So is he perfect? No. Is he gonna put up points? No. But that's not what he's here to do. He is, um, you know, he is a, a physical defenseman whose main job is to defend and to stop the other team's top talent. And when that's your job, you are going to be looking at the statue at the end of the night and say, "Wow, not great." Look at all he did. Uh, look at his, you know, his Corsi rating or whatever those things might be that you are looking at, and they won't look great. But he played eighteen twenty two in this game. Uh, he had two hits. He had two block shots. That's that's Connor Murphy's game. So I I, I don't I don't know I, I there's a weird set of Hawks fans that just really don't like uh, Connor Murphy's game. I don't understand it. Uh, update here from Windy City Hockey. Uh, Richardson said that Staylock is in a con- con- concussion yeah. protocol. Definitely not a, a shock there. Yeah, that was Greg, tweeted out by our own Greg Boy. Yeah,
1: Greg okay. just just tweeted that out momentarily uh, moments ago. Great. Um, yeah, well, I mean great, we but, we know. kind of expected that to be the case given the uh, the hit that it was. Let's put a
0: pin in that because there's one more thing I want to get to real quick uh, that was also in the comments. I'm sorry they're coming fast and furious, so I lost track. <laughs>
1: Thanks guys but for being But uh, we so were talking
0: active. to me and Greg were talking during the game about Mackenzie Entwistle whistle on the power play. Mm-hmm. And I like Mackenzie Whistle. I think he's a solid player. Plays his ass off, really good kid. It's time to give Sam Lafferty a look on the power play. Uh, Robert says, At Whistle has no business being in the NHL, let alone power play time over Lafferty and Dickinson. Asinine coaching. That might be a yeah, a touch breaks. too far. Uh, Dickinson, by the way, was on the power play. He had three minutes and 46 seconds of power play time in this game, so he gets power play time. But, yeah, I think it's time to swap swap out um, um, At Whistle and Lafferty because At Whistle is just Slow. Yeah. He's
1: just a slow, slow man. I like Mackenzie Antwistle as a bottom six option. It's just this Blackhawks team doesn't really have the offensive talent right now where you can fill out two power play units and be like, yeah, that's a full number one power play unit, and that's a full number two power play unit. They're they're kind of filling in some gaps with guys who on most other NHL teams would not be getting power play time. Hence, Jason Dickinson and Mackenzie Entwistle getting power play time. Um, I don't think Whistle's game, uh, he doesn't have enough, sk- the, uh, the high-level skill at the NHL level where he can be effective on the power play, unless you're parking him in front of... And they're not doing that. Which they're not, yeah. yeah. Unless you were parking him in front of the opposing goalie and saying, here, just be a screen, be a guy trying to get garbage goals... He could be fine doing that, but he's also again not the best option to do that. So, trying to get him out there in a skill role is just not effective. And yeah, I would much rather see a guy who has more speed to his game, like like Lafferty, be able to get some he's opportunities got some handles like handles too. that.
0: Yeah, he kind of lacks the finish. A little bit as well. Sounds like a but, guy we just talked about. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I I just think that he is a much better option on the power play and
1: the other. Well, the thing with Lafferty is he, he plays penalty kill. He plays tough minutes. Like yeah, it might just be a workload thing.
0: Sure, absolutely, it could be. That's for sure. But if Jason Dickinson's out there, I think you can give Lafferty a look too. <laughs> yeah, I just I just want to see. You know what time. I mean? I just want to see it. See a different look because I again, mm-hmm. ant whistle fan, but just well, I I was kind of surprised when they were using him on a power play at all. Yeah. And the fact that he's still
1: there is, is kind of surprising to me. Well, and he also does penalty kills, so I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe the workload still- <laughs> argument's out the door. I don't know. All right, so stay locked in the concussion protocol.
0: The Hawks have a real dilemma here in goal. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I wonder if we'll get this answer from Luke Richardson, and, and Greg will join us here in a little bit, like we said. Is Morazic, who is skating with the team, healthy enough to sit on the bench and come in if Soderblom gets hurt. Is he okay enough just in case that happens? You give it to, I said Soderblom, you give it to Soderblom every start until you deem Mrazek 100% or as close to 100% as he's going to get. But if something should happen, is Mrazek right now healthy enough to come in and spell him for a little while? That's the question. Because if he's not, they have to sign or trade for somebody. Yeah. There's, there's no – they're not going to bring Jackson Stauber up here. Well, well, uh,
1: Jackson Stauber uh, left his last game. Oh, yeah, he got hurt too, yeah. that's right. So, it's it's down to uh, – Mitchell Weeks was was called up from the ECHL to the Ice Hogs, and Dylan Wells, who is on an AHL-only contract with the Ice Hogs. Those are their two goaltenders right now um, in Rockford with uh, Soderblom being up here. So, yeah, they're either – signing one of those guys to an NHL deal, which is fine. They have the cap space to do that. Yeah, it's, it's not gonna, we're issue. not talking about a a cap crunch uh, issue here. It's fine for them to do that if they need to in a pinch. Um, there's also some goaltenders on the NHL free agency market that yeah. could <laughs> step in if they if they needed to um but, yeah, I, I think – Do you want me to go through that list real no, quick? No, I went through it before. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some names on there uh, – I I tweeted it out. Uh, Braden Holpe is on that list, His but he's career. also pseudo-retired, yeah, so I don't done. think that's uh, that's an option. Uh, former Blackhawk and former IceHawk J.F. Berube is out there. He's uh, he's familiar with that I-90 drive. Sure. Um Local kid, uh, lo- kid, local guy, Garrett Sparks, local man, local man, Garrett Sparks is out there. Um, hard pass. Uh, and then a couple other guys, Tyler Parsons is out there as well. I, I, I think the easiest route is to prop and they, they had to do this it was either last year or the year before, uh, they had to do this with Kale Morris. Yeah. And they he also was, available, he, by the way, also available. He was on an AHL deal. They signed him to his NHL deal. It didn't hurt them at all cap-wise. Um, so they'll, I would think if Morazic is not good enough physically to dress, that it'll be a situation where they'll probably sign Dylan Wells to an NHL deal, um, throw somebody into the mix in, in Rockford for a short time, uh, just to kind of piece things together. I think the, the, the risk you run with Morazic is, you know, knock on wood, let's say Soderblom starts a game, right? And you say, okay, Morazic's not 100%. We probably won't start him until he's ready to go. But then something like this happens. Yeah. Like, what happened tonight? And, you know, uh, Arvid gets hurt, and then you're kind of throwing Morazic in there, who's already kind of also hurt. So... I don't think it would be a. It, it, I don't think it would be a great situation, and given his history of groin injuries and issues, I think the team is really making it a point to try and make sure that they're not rushing him back. So, it'll be interesting to to see what they do. But I I think the most likely route will be um, seeing Dylan Wells get an NHL deal here for. Just a short-term replacement. Uh,
0: a couple comments. Uh, Sam said, bring in Camesso. Nope, he's in college. Can't he's can't do college.
1: that. I could do that, technically. Yeah, but no. Jack LaFontaine did that last season with the uh, Hurricanes, that, but that would that's, just, a bad that's a waste of, no, it's yeah. a waste. And
0: uh, Bijan says, Delia. Delia is a Vancouver Canuck, unfortunately for him. Yeah. Uh, so there you go with Evansford that one. Canuck. Abbotsford, thank you. Uh, Greg is saying he's with uh, Jeremy Cowton again. Um, (laughs) Greg is standing by, but first we want to mention the ComEd energy efficiency program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve. Manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Excited to have ComEd on board with us. They offer a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers. Of all sizes across their territory, customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights. Learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor, outdoor lighting, and networked lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. Visit comed.com/slash/poweringbiz now to start saving money and energy. To start a project, contact them at 1-855-433-2700. For more information, email businessee at comed.com or ee at comed.com. Welcome to the CHGO family. ComEd, we are very Woo. happy to have them. It's a good reminder for the ride.
1: that our uh, energy bills will be due. Yes. At least mine is, uh, and if you are saving, uh, if you are saving some money uh, on your energy bill by being more energy efficient, you can use those savings and getting yourself a great deal on tickets to your favorite sporting events or concerts or whatever you want to go see with the Game Time app. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to uh, your favorite sporting events, concerts, and shows. Ever wanted to sit 50-yard line at the big old Bears game coming up on November 6th? I think there's a uh, event that's mm. going to be involving uh, the CHGO crew right. on November 6th. Uh, I believe, yes, the official CHGO tailgate, Chicago versus Miami in the professional football grounds. Uh, you can go to that <laughs> by going to allchgo.com and following the link to get your tickets. Uh, to the CHGO tailgate event. You don't need a ticket to the game to go to the tailgate, but you do need a ticket to the tailgate. Uh, The ticket to the tailgate involves, or includes all kinds of food and drink options. Uh, There's a ticket with parking options, which is great. Uh, But if you do feel so inclined to go to the tailgate and uh, join us, the CHGO crew out there uh, at uh, Michigan and Roosevelt before the Chicago and Miami pro football game, uh, do that. Come out, have a good time. If you feel so inclined to go to the game afterwards, check out the Game Time app. Uh, it'll be you know hours and minutes before kickoff. You'll be getting the best deals and options on tickets that will be available for that game. And you're not going to find a better deal this season on Bears tickets, Blackhawks tickets, Bulls tickets, whatever you want to go and see. Then on the Game Time app and. If you do find a better, at, a better ticket price, I don't think you will, but if you do, you can go to GameTime and say, here, I found it on this different site, and they will match that offer to make sure that you are getting the best ticket price through GameTime. So if you love CHGO, you're going to love GameTime. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description below. And join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and score the best seats to all of your favorite events. Download that GameTime app and get your tickets to uh, Blackhawks games, Bears games, Bulls games, yep. all the games in the uh, links in the descriptions of all of our great CHGO shows.
0: Yeah, and on your way down to that, make sure you click that like button if you're watching us on YouTube right now. We would greatly appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, hit that like button. Get in the habit of anytime you join us here on chgo to smash that like button all right let's go out to the united center and bring in our buddy greg Boyson. what's up greg what do we hear what do we learn uh post game from luke richardson
2: uh not a whole lot but um the uh, obviously the biggest uh concern of the night was alex daylock uh after that play from casey zizekas connor murphy said after the game that uh absolutely the right call was made. There was no reason for uh you know, him to, to to make that kind of contact, leading targeting the head and he wasn't pushed in. Um, you know, Tazekas is a guy that lives on that edge and he crossed that edge tonight. My I wanna say disappointment, but like I was surprised there was no response. After all we heard about Max Domi and you can't let anybody mess with your teammates. Your goalie gets run over three minutes in the game while your fourth line is on the ice. We're talking Jujar Kara, Boris Kachuk, Reese Johnson. What are those three guys there for? And they all kind of just stood there and, and didn't do, I mean, if, if you're going to jump Patrick Kane when he gets hit at the end of a tie game, how do you not try and defend your goalie three minutes into a game when he was taken out on a play? That's the only thing issue i had with that i think the right call was made um luke richardson said he uh, alex Stalock is in the beginnings of concussion protocol i guess he's not officially in concussion protocol until tomorrow they're going to see how he feels in the morning and if he has concussion symptoms then he will be in concussion protocol it's a little lighthearted moment because he first said covid protocol and we're all kind of like say what now like <laughs> Wait, Zezekus gave him a concussion and COVID on the same play. What a oh, jerk! Gosh. But no, he just, he's it. just by. by. <laughs> uh, but uh, he made it sound like uh, Salak's gonna be out for a little while. Like this is not gonna be a quick turnaround. When talking about Arvid Soderblom, he said, "You know, hey, he's gonna have a workload here. Peter Mrazek's not coming back for Thursday. That's not happening. Um, he just skated for the first time today." This is a guy with a history of groin injuries coming off another groin injury. They are not putting him in that game. So he was asked, what do you do goaltender-wise? He says, that's management's job. I'll say hello <laughs> to whoever they bring in tomorrow at practice. So, and for the record, um, there was an emergency goalie on, on standby. Um, he was in pads in the hallway. Luke Richardson said he didn't know who he was or his name, and he preferred to keep it that way. No offense to whoever the young man was.
1: <laughs> no Scott Foster situations tonight.
0: Well, it, it's it's interesting. That's gonna be that's gonna be a dilemma. we were, right before he jumped on. We were sort of talking about it because uh, Staubers down. Um, so maybe maybe Wells comes up and they figure something out or. Jeff Bruby's out there. He can come and show us his big Barubi's and, and play some goal uh, in a pinch. I don't know what, the, what it's going to be, but, uh, yeah, that's why Kyle Davidson makes the big bucks. Um, you got to figure that out.
2: The Ice Hogs play tomorrow night. Mm. So I know so the- you, you mentioned maybe you bring up Dylan Wells. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think whoever you're going to want, you want here for practice tomorrow morning. So it's a really, really interesting situation here. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, you know, Ice Hogs have a game Wednesday night, and if Wells is the guy that they're going to sign to bring him up, then uh, it's Mitchell Weeks' chance to get a crack yeah. for the Ice Hogs, because that's the next guy in line. So um, next I up, don't think tower, they're yeah. – Morazic is not far away. Um, Luke Richardson this morning was asked, and, and he was hopeful for that West Coast trip to Los Angeles and Anaheim next weekend is when we'll see him back. So you're talking two games of Arvid Soderbloom starting, who has proven that the team is in good hands with him in goal. It's not a major drop-off there. Some may argue it's an improvement. Um, so if Dylan Wells is your backup against LA and the Jets, and then Mrazic's back for that return trip to LA, it's not that
1: bad. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be just kind of a short-term uh plan to just kind of, you know, stick your finger in the hole of the leaky boat and just ride it out until Morazik is uh is able to go. So I don't have a problem with it. I think like you said, uh Arvid Sodobloom is is really um in a short sample size prove that he can handle an NHL yeah. workload. So, yep. if he if he's got to do it in a, in a in a short time frame, I think that that's that's fine. And again, like many people are saying in the comments, um unfortunate for injuries, but this is totally fine for the tank.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Like, this is this is 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 not the the worst case scenario for the situation, situation that the Blackhawks are in. Obviously you want the best for the health of Alex Daylock.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's look, and and I think this, what we're seeing over the last four games is what we all thought we were going to see coming into the season. And, And I will still say, yes, they compete. And, yes, when they're not playing the Islanders, they can be a little bit exciting, but they just don't have the horses to hang with most NHL teams, Mm -hmm. and that's what it's going to look like a lot of nights. And, look, they got a late power play. They had the opportunity to tie up. If you didn't watch the game, the third Islanders goal was an empty netter uh, by the ghost of Zach Parise. Um, And the Hawks had a chance late to tie this game despite – so few shots and so few chances. They were right there again at the end like they've been in all of their losses. So they're going to stick around. They're going to entertain you for the most part, but it's just it's a talent thing. And now, look, I, I think I, I think Soderbloom is you could argue he's could already be the best goalie in the system. Um, you know, <laughs> Staylock is an adventure and Mrazic. I, would, I think he's got a sub-90 save percentage uh, this season. If not, it's very close to it. Moon um, just looks really solid to me. You know, he's not spectacular, but he's in the right spots. And I, I have trust in him that if he starts, the Hawks are going to have a chance to win most games. Is he going to steal you a game? Probably not. But he's not going to cost you one. it doesn't seem like. I've never seen anything in his game that alarms me. Right. Again, not elite in any way, shape, or form, but solid enough. Solid enough. And and I think that he just has to hold down the fort. And whoever they bring up to back him up or whoever they sign, it's just his net until it can't be anymore. Right. Um, it's unfortunate. This is like kind of the one position that makes it really hard where you know the the again, cap space not being an issue, so it's not a huge deal, but if they go in and sign a free agent. Then Mrazic gets healthy, then Stalock is healthy, then what? Right? So now you've got this right. this glut of, of rostered players and it that gets complicated. So it's just it's a headache for Kyle Davidson. Again, that's his job, so fine. Um, but you know, it's just it just makes things very, very complicated. And you also don't want to bring a kid up who's not ready for the NHL. Greg, um, before you jumped on, we were talking about Ent Whistle on the power play. Just as you and I were uh, during the game, and I wanted to give you the opportunity to give your thoughts on that um, on the air instead of uh, just in the press box between gummy bears.
2: It's just. uh,
0: Contaminated gummy bears, by the way.
2: Yeah, but they had some some strange French Canadian fingerprints on them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Tell the story. uh, You can tell it, he's not listening. Yeah, I, I witnessed Mark Bergevin go bare handed reach into the gummy bear bin. Didn't use the spoon. the the fair-handed gummy bears. Oh, God. <laughs> what are you doing, dude? There's a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, gave, I, gave the, I gave the gummy bears like a good period before I went back and was like, okay, so <laughs> the jar is completely full. These are obviously fresh gummy bears. And Mark Bergevin's nowhere around, so I'm going to grab him before he comes back. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, man. anyway
2: unfortunately that was the highlight of the night because that game sucked (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah Mackenzie Antwistle on the power play let's not do that anymore um I'm I'm I like Mackenzie Antwistle he's a great kid awesome to talk to does his job really well when he's put in his specific role but he should never be on an NHL power play he doesn't Skate well enough to create his own chances. He doesn't shoot well enough to when he gets a chance. Like, he doesn't pass well enough to set somebody else up. It's kind of like he's just there to fill a position when he's on the power play. And I'm not trying to badmouth McKenzie Entwistle. I like him. Just, he's not a power play player. I don't, but the problem is, who else do you put there? I mean, we mentioned Sam Lafferty because he's got that speed. He's got that energy. You know, he's a guy that can crash the net. But basically, the only guys you have to put out there are guys who just crashed the net. So uh, until Tyler Johnson comes back, yeah, I think that's kind of where we're at.
0: Well, you would think that's how they would use that whistle, just plant him yeah. in front of the net and have him cause a screen, and then but maybe gotta, one hits him. I've been
2: skating around, and it's just it's not. Yeah, you gotta, we, This is the stuff we talked about Collison for all those times, and I'm not making the comparison of, of Luke Richardson and Collison. But you got to put guys in positions to succeed. And the way they're using him on the power play is not putting him in a position to succeed. They're not using his strength. And that's not a knock. Again, that's not a knock on McKenzie because he's being asked to do something that he probably can't at this level.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, the lack of- getting
2: the opportunity, but I'm ready for someone else to get the opportunity. Yeah. And look, when, I think
0: we, we talked about it before the season began when we saw him getting power play time. It was an interesting concept big body with probably some untapped offensive potential, but it's been 10 games now and he's been a complete non-factor on the power play. I'm struggling to recall even like a remotely good scoring chance from him on the power play or anything. Well, he, he, had, just... he
2: had that one shot tonight when we me you and I were sitting there talking about, Hey, let's get him off the power play. And then he gets a scoring chance like five <laughs> seconds later, didn't score, but it was kind of like, Hey, okay. You two shut up. I can hear you. Cause there's nobody in the building yeah. tonight, but uh, you know, Uh, yeah, let's try something different.
1: Yeah, I I feel like the the opportunities for Antwistle have been few and far between, but the the chances that he has had, um, I think you just kind of see where the talent level is at, and it's just like you said, Greg, it's just not there for an NHL caliber power play. It's just not effective enough.
2: Yeah, he's not a shooter, he's not a sniper, and if you're not going to use him to be a net front presence guy, then what are we doing? you put him out there to stand in front of the goalie and take away his eyes and have a puck hit off his his thigh and go in the net, like, give us four or five uh, Artem and need specials, I'm all for that. (laughs) That's more suited for his game. But you've got him above the dots trying to, like, score on wrist shots, and that's just not his game. Yeah. I
0: wanted to get back to um, the thing you led with uh, when you jumped on, Greg. We got to it a little bit to start the show. Was the lack of response from the Blackhawks, um, after Staylock gets hit and knocked down. and, and I said, and, and I think you and I talked about it, I don't know if it was on a show or off a show, but uh, in reference to the lack of response when Rafi Torres hit Marion Hosa was I think you see a lot of guys when they see a, a teammate that injured, that they just are so concerned that they don't even really think to respond. I wonder if that's a little bit of what we saw uh, in this one because Staylock went down quickly. He went down hard. He was motionless, and one of my pet peeves as a hockey fan is when a guy is boarded and clearly unconscious. You'll have scrums around those guys where their lifeless bodies are on the ice and are knocked out, and guys are like hitting, pushing around mm-hmm, the guy, yeah. and their bodies are just like like a dead yeah. fish on the ice. Like stop. That's scary. At some point, you got to stop and be careful and protect your teammate. So I wonder if that was a little bit of it, but but I think you're right, Greg. Like it was a little disappointing not to see someone at least grabs Zekeus and. Give him a what for?
2: So nobody even made a move towards him. They just kind of stood there. I mean, I don't know if it was because, you know, part of the reason that, that Zekas was able to drive to the net like that is because they got caught in a line change. So maybe the guys that were on the ice didn't really see the play happen because they were making a line change or they were trying to get back quick enough. I don't know, but you see your goalie lying there motionless. I'd least like to see a guy take a swat at the guy that put him there. You know, I'm not asking for blood. Some sort of response. I was a little surprised that happened, especially again after all the cheerleading we got about Max Domi standing up for Patrick Kane in the last game. You know, I guess if you're, you know, I don't want to say different rules apply for different guys, but if they, somebody should have done something. Uh, maybe they were hoping, you know, maybe if the Zeke's didn't get the game misconduct and he, as soon as he jumped out of the box, someone's going after him to cash in that receipt. I don't know, but. You know, it, it's, it's, it's weird how, you know, one play everybody wants to uh, uh, defend their teammate and another play happens and it's just kind of like, oh, we're just going to stand here. So, again, I'm, I, I wasn't on the ice. I can't get in the head of these guys, but it just I thought we should have seen something, especially when this team has been bragging the whole season that they are so together and they're, and they're such a tight group and they've gelled then everybody on that bench should have been looking for 53 to rip his head off.
1: I think, I I think the point you made Greg is, is, is one that I'm kind of thinking about too, is that after the max Domi, um, fight in the, in the last game where, you know, he, he's, he's standing up for Patrick Kane in the moment, which is unquestionably what you want to see from, from a guy, uh, like Domi and standing up for a player like Kane. Um, But that took a power play off of the board in a tie game in the third period, late in the third period. Yeah, I wonder if maybe there had been some some discussions internally with the team from Luke Richardson or coaching staff or whatever where they say, like, hey, not going to ever say don't stand up for your teammate, but also have some situational awareness. So I wonder if...
0: If you see that ref's arm up.
1: I wonder if some of the, if the players on the ice may have thought, Hey, we have a power play here. It may be two minutes it may be five minutes, whatever. And the point you just made, Greg, where they say, Hey, he, he comes back on the ice. That's when we force him to answer for, for run and stay lock. Um, And then after, you know, after the penalty is first assessed, then it's, then the refs come out and say, Oh, game misconduct, he's out. And then you don't have the opportunity to, you know, Make amends, so to say, uh, for the penalty. So I wonder if that may have been the case where you actually just didn't get the right opportunity to do it—to not only you know stand up for Stalock in some way, but also have the power play opportunity still stand there. Because yeah. you don't want to be the guy who, you know, after after Max Domi stands up for Patrick Kane, erases a power play late in the third period in tie game. You don't want to be the next guy to go after Casey Zizikas and wipe out what would have been a five-minute power play or, or you know, take, take away from that. So I wonder if that may have been, too, something that, that came to play for the guys on the ice.
2: Possibly, and I'm the guy that argued for situational awareness uh, the other night with the Max Domi thing, but to me, scoreless game three minutes in the game, that's when you go crazy. That's when you lose your shit and go after the guy because you've got right. 57 minutes to make up and get more power plays.
1: Um, I'm sure. So,
2: yeah, I mean, there's so much that happens. It's a snap judgment. It happens in the heat of the moment. So many factors go into that. I'm not going to stand here and, and, you know, say I'm in the head of the five Blackhawks that were on the ice. Um, it's just it's just a little disappointing. So we'll see. Hopefully this isn't a trend that every game we're sitting here going, well, you, you know, we got to defend our injured players. Let's stop getting our players yeah, injured exactly. and having guys take run at them. But the biggest way you could have avenged, that play was scoring at least once on that power play. And they they didn't do crap on that power play. It was lousy. There was no urgency. Uh, Luke Richardson talked about it saying that, that – uh, and, and Caleb Jones first in the locker room said, we let Alex down by not scoring at least one goal on that power play. Uh, so he, they wore that. And they, Connor Murphy kind of echoed that too, saying, you know, best way to – make that hurt is by taking advantage of that power play and they didn't do it and luke richardson said there were a lot of moments on especially on the power play where the where they waited just a second too long to either shoot or pass and he said a team like the against a team like the islanders you have to be quick you have to get that puck off your stick quickly because if you wait for something else to open it's never going to be there against a team that plays defense like them so you know that was he that was richardson's explanation for some of the failures not only on the power play, but offensively as well, that they just they thought they could be a little more patient and wait for something to open up, but the Islanders never gave them anything. Yeah,
0: um, back to this Azekas thing. Uh, Shep brings up in the chat. He said, I think it's more about not hitting number 88 ever, and that's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of something you don't want to say. But it's probably a little bit true where the value of the player being hit is a lot higher when it's Patrick Kane than when it's Alex Staylock, right? Like, but he's your starting goalie. I know. I agree with you, and I think there should have been a response. But I do think like Domi sees Kane get hit and says, "Oh hell no! I cannot possibly stand here and tolerate that." That's Patrick effing Kane, right? As opposed to it's Alex Daylock. I know it's a it's a bad way to think, but I do think like there's a bit of reality to that that the star player has more gravitas than the uh, than the backup goalie. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and and I think there's a there's probably more of an expectation on the players too to stand up for somebody like Kane versus Staylock, but Mario I think you're right like that's your goalie yeah and you know I, like you got to you can't let that happen
1: and from everything we've heard from players is 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 Staylock is a guy who yeah, they love him they they love in the locker room and yep. and is easily uh you know a likable player likable teammate um the times that we've been able to talk to him he's been great so uh, yeah I think I think there it's it's not necessarily just the value to the on ice product i mean he's he's a guy that people like in the locker room so i I, it is still baffling um why there wasn't a response in the moment um again i just i i think maybe there might have been something of the instinct as i see a lot of people saying in the chat there might be something of the instinct that was a little bit taken away after what we saw um from max Domi in the last game yeah.
2: Well there was uh, there was a little bit of a response in the form of Andreas Athanasiu who uh yeah. when he had the opportunity to not stop and get some contact on uh, Ilya Sorokin, he took full advantage of that yeah. and got a got a two minute minor for goalie interference. Um you know, it wasn't the same type of play, but his you could argue his contact was far more intentional than Rickus's was, but it was less dangerous because he didn't hit him in the head. Right. Um yeah. So there was a little bit like, hey, turnabout's fair play. You're going to take a run at our goalie. I'm going to take a run at yours. And, you know, a little gamesmanship there. I guess I guess Anthony CU was a little upset that Ty Domi uh, overtook him for the team-leading penalty minute, so he had to go and get a couple minors in that first period.
0: Put a dollar in a Ty Domi jar. Uh, <laughs> hey, we don't have It's one, his birthday. So, so we do.
2: I'm going to keep saying it. I that's just, it. It's in my head. I've never... I have no idea. It's not like, it's not like Ty Domi is some, is a name I've said a whole lot in the past yeah. 25 years. So
1: Seriously.
2: I'm just, I don't know. Must've been that fight. I saw him against Bob, uh, at the here of uh, 20 years ago. And Bob Probridge is burned in my brain.
0: Uh, this is his birthday by the way, Ty Domi. Yeah, so uh, Max Domi put <laughs> a nice uh, birthday greeting to his father on his Instagram. Uh, at Max on Instagram. We got in that one quick. yeah. <laughs> uh, but pretty cool. It's Max Domi just kind of reacting to his dad's fight videos. Steven has it on the screen here. But if you got Instagram, uh, follow Max on Instagram. He's really good. Like, he is a he's a good social media yeah. um, character, Max he's, Domi. He's got
1: some personality. That's the NHL
0: sure. had one idea. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. And they publish, like, a new one every day <laughs> with, like, the same five players. Nice. And Max Domi is one of them. Uh, but, yeah, go check that out. It's pretty cool. I'm talking about uh, his dad, who is one of the toughest dudes in hockey history. Mm-hmm. Um, happy birthday. I can't say – I hate Ty Domi. I'm sorry. Yeah, like He's I probably think- a great guy, but he's punched too many people I like.
1: Ty, it is your birthday. <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> Give him the office treatment. on
2: one more trip around the sun. Um, yeah. We got a question. I see uh, Lebowski's asking. Uh, ducks and Sharks are playing. Who are you rooting for? we rooting for We're rooting for overtime. We want all those games between draw. Anaheim and San Jose to go to overtime. <laughs> it's uh, 429
0: left in the second, so we got some time to get there. Yeah. But <laughs> um, I
2: Eric Carlson had two goals on the same shift.
0: He yeah, sure he's, did. He's
2: back, man. Now, he
0: sure a, did. Hey, that's the theory of someone's got to score, yeah. right?
1: Shine up that Norris Trophy.
0: Yeah. All right, before <laughs> we wrap up and get to the four stars of the game, Greg, I, you and I had the chance to take in – Um, Some of the Native American Heritage Night festivities uh, before the game and during. We ran into Danny Wirtz, who was down just like among the people. Um, You know, just he was not people. uh, He was not on stage. He was not talking on the mic. He was just watching the celebration kind of from behind the crowd a little bit. We got a chance to chat with him for a little bit. um, But just really, they did a nice job. It's a shame that it was such a small crowd uh, to see the, the great things they did. But the pregame uh, festivities in the atrium were very cool to see. You've had Native Americans who were very, very old to young children all participating in these uh, in these Native uh, dances and rituals. Um, they had a, a little bit of an extra feature online today about Blackhawks' legacy. Obviously, the Alex Stalock and uh, Peter Morazic uh, special goalies, goalie masks designed by Native American artists, I think they really did a, a good job today, um, beyond what they usually do with the land acknowledgement, which is wonderful. They also the uh, every game they honor uh, service members, and both service members were Native American women, um, which is very very cool to see. So awesome. I think they I think they knocked it out of the park, and uh, hopefully those things continue because education is what you know what what the what the the Native American tribes have told the Blackhawks is. One of their big fears is just erasure. It's just being forgotten about, and their culture disappearing. So any way you can amplify those things in front of twelve thousand or twenty thousand or whatever, um, you know, if ten percent of the people took something away from that, I, I thought it was great. I thought they did a really nice job.
1: They they also had some of those on the on the game broadcast oh, cool. on TV as well. I, I again I, I don't see a ton of the TV games at home. Uh, when they're at home but um i'm not certain that the land acknowledgement is is always on the tv broadcast but it was it was tonight which i thought was a good touch um and yeah the like like you said the um the education and investment in the in the education learning about it and also spreading the word that the blackhawks have done i think is coming from a genuine place and i think it's 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 more than i think we've seen in in many years so um the more that they do that the the better. And I, I hope that they continue to, uh, you know, really amplify the, those um, Native American voices and, and, and heritage.
0: And I, I will say too, there, there is, there is a lot of sincerity to it. Um, It is not lip service. It is not just doing it to, to prevent controversy or push away the logo discussion for another day. I I truly believe in conversations I've had on and off the record with uh, Blackhawks leadership, that this is something they do take very seriously um, especially since Danny and Jamie took over things, uh, Danny Wertz and Jamie Faulkner took over. There has been a amplified investment in those communities, both financial and with their time and their energy and those sort of things. And, and they their really are as
1: well. Uh, w- I'm sorry. And their platform as well. Yes, they're mm-hmm.
0: using their platform to um, to amplify those messages and those voices. And that's look. That's I think to, and I don't want to speak for Native Americans. I can't. But I think when you look at the issues facing the Native American community, the logo is very low on their priority list. There's a lot of very, very important things that they are going through and dealing with to this day um, that the Hawks are helping them address. And that to me is, that, that's important. That's important. And whether or not the logo should continue is a conversation that will go on until it's gone and probably beyond that if it ever is. But um, what they're doing so far, seems sincere, seems genuine, and seems to really be helping. So it's great.
2: Yeah, I, I was glad we went down to see that. It was really cool just to see all the traditional, uh, you know, clothing and, and face paint and headdresses. It was so cool. And to hear the chants and the, and the, and the singing and the, and the drum. And just to tack on what you said, this isn't lip service. Danny Wertz is passionate about this when he came over and talked to us he's genuinely excited about how many different dance troops they had and and he was like make sure you get upstairs and see the 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 feature on the war drum and and learning it's so important we educate we didn't just want to have a guy beating a drum out there and be like hey it's the same guy that's in the 300 level with his drum from home no they gave you the story about what the war drum represents and its history and then they had the drum circle uh, before the national anthem so he's he's got a lot of pride in the north the native american education that they're doing so it, it's not just the hey look what we're doing so we don't have to change our logo He it, he means it and so does jamie faulkner when they talk about it I, I i believe that wholeheartedly
0: all right let's get to the fourth stars of the night All right, the three stars of the game, uh, number three for the Chicago Blackhawks with his sixth goal of the season, uh, Jonathan Taves. Anders Lee picks up the second star of the game. He scored his fifth uh, fifth goal of the season in the first period. And the number one star goes to Brock Nelson, who scored his fourth goal of the season, the game-winning goal uh, as well. So uh, there are the three stars. It is time for us to give our four stars of the game. I'm going to go with Arvid Soderblom.
1: Ah, yeah, hard to argue against that, Greg. I too am going to go with Arvid
2: Soderblom.
1: <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to change it up here. I'm going to go with Arvid Soderblom. Um, we're gonna we're gonna break the rules here. There literally was no one else to choose from yeah, I mean... who was any anywhere noteworthy in in this game. Um, so yeah, Arvid coming in, in a game that he was not, uh, expecting to play and came in and honestly, if, if the Blackhawks offense was, was anywhere to be, uh, to be seen tonight, he gave them an opportunity to be, to be competitive in this game and, and just, uh, just wasn't in the cards, uh, for the guys playing in front of him.
2: Yeah. He, he talked a little bit after the game. Um, Arvid is not a man of many words. Uh, that's still part of his game that he's, he's uh, developing. Uh, but he says he's, he's far more confident now than he was the brief time he was in the NHL uh, last year. And, you know, when he had that brief appearance last season. It wasn't great for him, but he says he's more confident. And Luke Richardson keeps saying how impressed he is about how calm he is. And maybe that's a contrast. Cause if you watch Alex Stalock for three periods and you see Arvid Soda for five minutes, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, Mm-hmm. totally different um but maybe it's not just the black pads anymore there is uh there is a comparison to corey crawford there between Soderbloom and, and and him because he is just so compact very little wasted motion just like crawford and you know part of a lot of people said oh corey crawford never made these huge big saves because he never had to because he was always in the right position kind of like The people that criticized Ryan Sandberg when he played second base, he never dove for a ball. He never had to. And Soderblom kind of has that. He never makes that sprawling across the net save because he's rarely ever caught out of position. His positioning is so good for a young goaltender. Um, And then, of course, I put that on Twitter. And then three seconds later, he gave up the goal to Brock Nelson. Uh... Uh, But it was to his glove side. So I'm not wrong. (laughs) <laughs>
0: there you go. Oh, All right, Greg, thanks for uh, jumping on. Appreciate it, man. Have a safe drive home. Yeah. We will talk to you tomorrow at 2.30 for our uh, Absolutely. remote edition of CHGO Blackhawks.
2: I'll be at uh, practice tomorrow morning and see if we get any further updates on Alex Staylock and uh, the goalie situation.
0: Awesome. Sounds good. All right, Greg, thanks, man. Everybody make sure you're following Greg on Twitter at Greg Boysen. And uh, now it is time to assign our Draft Kings. King of the game. I wonder who it could be. King of the game today goes to, you guessed it, Arvid, so- <laughs> Arvid Soderblom. King 28 Arvid. saves, two goals against a 93.3 save percentage. Coming off the bench uh, ice cold and not expecting to play. Uh, and usually when a backup goalie comes in, it's after there's been three or four goals scored. And they start to get in the mindset of, okay, I probably might be coming in at some point. So some I got to start getting yeah. my mind right. This was... No warning, right off the hop. He probably barely had his baseball cap on. Yeah. Uh, So uh, props to Arvid Soderblom for coming in and keeping this game close. Uh, And he absolutely did. It was a 2-1 game uh, until the empty netter Mm -hmm. by the ghost of Zach Parise. So um, (laughs) solid game for him. He is our DraftKings king of the game. And hockey fans, it is time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, You're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers, listen to this, bet 5 bucks on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. That is a great deal, and we love playing those parlays. They're so much fun. If you haven't done the parlays yet, you can turn small bets into bigger bets with same-game parlays. You go on the DraftKings app, you pick out a couple things you like. Let's say you think Patrick Kane's going to score – You think it's going to be the over, and you think, uh, you know, uh, you take the Hawks on the money line. You combine those bets, it increases the odds, and you hit those, and you get an even bigger payout. It's a really fun way to play. When those hit, it is the best feeling in the world, and it's a way, if you want to bet like a buck or two, you can turn a dollar into 50 bucks if your parlay hits. Yeah. So they're just a ton of fun to play. Get real
1: adventurous. Yeah.
0: Uh, the the best thing DraftKings is safe and secure and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code CHGO. Bet five bucks on any NHL team to win their game and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do. That's code CHGO at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes in the description here for details.
1: If you were to hit one of those parlays on DraftKings, you are going to have some extra money to spend. And if you want to uh, spend it on something good, get yourself some game time tickets, get yourself some Shady Rays. Shady Rays, they uh, never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change that. And you don't have to break the bank to get quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. They are quality sunglasses, premium, polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone's lifestyle. The best thing about Shady Rays and the thing that I wish I had on my former pair of sunglasses was their protection program. Uh, It is the best in all of eyewear, lost or broken. They will fully replace those Shady Rays shades free uh, and uh, no questions asked. So if you're like me, took them on a boat, had a couple beverages, tried to tie the boat to a pier and forgot that your glasses were right there on your uh, t-shirt and they are now at the bottom of the lake, you could have gotten them replaced by Shady Rays for free. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays, they're running their deepest deal of the season. When you use the promo code CHGO, you're going to get 50% off of two or more pairs of Shady Rays shades when you go to ShadyRays.com. That's basically buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54, and you can redeem that only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all of their newest and best shades. Again, the promo code for that 50% off two or more pairs deal is CHGO. All right, it's so almost time to wrap up. But before we do, we got to update the tank
0: standings. Yeah, whoo! Here we go. Big moves for the Hawks after this one. <laughs> this loss helped out in the tank Regulation standings. Regulation losses. Time. Yep. Uh, leading the tank standings, the uh, Ducks at two six and one with five points. The uh, Arizona Coyotes uh, two four and one with five points. San Just Jose with uh, <laughs> six points three eight no. The Columbus Blue Jackets are 3-7-0. They've got six points. Same for the Canucks, who have the same amount of points in nine games. The Blackhawks, who were – what were they last night? Like 20 – they're high. They would have been 24th had they won. They were – was it 14th? Yeah, so they're 10th now. Yes. And the tank standings, 4-4-2 with 10 points. In ten games, that's an eighty-two game pay, uh, point pace. Mm. If my math is correct, yes. Um, so I won't get it done—not quite uh, Connor Bedard level. Um, but uh, I think it's safe to assume that, especially if your number one and number two goalies are are out, uh, those yeah. those losses might start stacking up a little bit. So. Got some
1: uh, up to the minute stats here. Arizona okay. currently leading, six minutes left in the third period, two to one over the Florida Panthers. Would have seen that coming. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks are down four to two late in the third period against the New Jersey Devils. Red hot New Jersey Devils. Uh, and right now in the second intermission, tied at four apiece. It's a barn burner between the Ducks and the Sharks. So we'll keep an eye on that. Fun note about the tank standings: the Blackhawks at four four and two. They have the same record as the Pittsburgh Penguins, if I'm not mistaken. Let me uh, check the updated standings. Penguins here. lost tonight in OT to the Bruins. They, yeah, they have the same record as the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's only contenders to me. How about that, folks?
0: <laughs> All three of those teams on an 82-point pace. Yeah. Yeah, see? I am just a math dude. All right, we're going to wrap things up. We're running late. We are back tomorrow at 2 30. We're gonna dive into how the Hawks should handle Alec Regula. Now that he's up I saw him in the press box looking very sad. He was in a suit and a winter cap.
1: It was know. like 70 degrees today, know, like, this, it, you find a look that
0: works and you stick with it Come on. Uh, Ian Mitchell was up there with him too. I don't mm. know if they were bear handing uh, gummy bears like Mark Bergevin was <laughs> um but uh, by the way little note lots of scouts at Hawks games lately. Uh, Bob yeah. Murray. I wonder why. Was there the last two games. He's with Calgary. Uh, we saw an Avalanche scout there tonight. Um, 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 why am I? Dirk Graham, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Scout for the Wild. He was there. On no, he's with
1: the Sharks, right? Sharks. He was there yeah. also on Sunday.
0: Yeah. And um, and Bergevin was there. So there's a lot of people keeping our eye on the uh the blackhawks so you know people are are shopping around they know that they know it's bargain basement prices so uh yeah. <laughs> you never know when these things can break so thanks for sticking with us thanks for being with us uh at this late night make sure you smash that like button before you go and be sure to join us tomorrow 2 30 p.m live right here at chgo thanks for joining us for mario and greg i'm jay this has been the chgo blackhawks podcast